Hey, Rangers. Welcome back to This is Ranger Country. I'm your host, John Fisher. I'm here with Brad Anderson. We're here in the podcast studio. It's been a minute. This is uh, the end of season three. Season three, the final episode, the spring recap. Uh, Brad, what do we got going on today, man? John, good to be here in the studio with you. It's been a while and uh, happy to be back. We were looking at uh, last time that we produced a, a podcast episode. What was it? February? February 15th, I think, man. It's been a minute. Which is a testament to you and I being ships in the night and just being crazy busy. I, I don't feel like I've taken a deep breath since April. When did we get back from spring break? Like April 11th? Yeah, something like it's that. It's running and gunning, we call it in my house. You it know, is. Seven days a week, April, May, December. It's been crazy. So we're going we're gonna to cover a lot of things. Uh, end of the year graduation, yearbook, want to get an update from you on that. Uh, the Bugle, vintage baseball game, all the Ranger sports, uh, retirements, Dan Bean retiring, uh, homecoming update, which seems crazy to talk about, but it's around the corner, and I'm starting to update the web webpage. Hall of Fame induction, beers at the bridge. We got a lot to lot to talk about, but yesterday, sixth hour, I've got the who's who crew in in my class in my sixth hour of the juniors, and we we went on a brief walk at the end. We finished our projects about ten minutes early, so we went on a walk and we came back, and um, someone may have gotten a an alert on their phone, which they are not supposed to have out, but uh, maybe have gotten an alert. And it was about how GRPS was closed for Friday. Mm -hmm. Hudsonville closed today. Heat days. Excessive heat warnings. Yeah. Right. That's a thing now. How's your lawn doing? Uh, I've been watering my lawn in the evenings, just trying to keep it alive. I'm not a huge, like my grass needs to be cross mown and, and perfectly Ruby or not Ruby, but emerald green, but I like to keep it living and not just a pile of dust and it's fighting right now. Yeah. We're we're fighting it over there at Streamside Point. Uh, John, what'd you feel about the end of the year? I mean, we'll kind of, we'll go, we'll backtrack a little bit. We'll backtrack and talk a little bit about the spring accomplishments, but uh, end of the year, graduation, um, senior recognition. What are, what are some of your thoughts? What are some of the things that stand out to you? Uh, you know, as as uh, as important to Ranger Country. Uh, so the end of the year is always a little weird for me now that I teach seniors because um, it's bittersweet, obviously, because I'm seeing all the students that I've been working with all year long disappear. You know, they're going out into the world, which is what we've been preparing them for. And then they all graduated on the 17th, and I've had one class since then, other than like yearbook sales. But uh, um, yeah, it's really it's. It's bittersweet because we send those kids out there, but then I walk into the school every day and it just feels empty. You know, there's no seniors, there's no cars in the parking lot. It's like we're we're a half a school at that point. You know, I I wholeheartedly agree. When the seniors leave, there's a little bit of energy that le- leaves with a lot of bit of energy that leaves with them. And then on a day like today, so we we're sitting having our staff coffee and we we're chatting about, I mean, about a hundred crew kids, kids in the rowing. By the way, rowing's killing it this year. We had. Um, uh, state medalists, uh, national medalists, um, Ryan Brom and Hayden Bolter took fifth. Uh, Lucas Fours and his boat took third in the nation, which is incredible. Congrats to those guys. So that whole crew's gone. They're they're on a Canada trip. Yeah, they go to Canada uh, during exam week every year. Yeah, during exam week. And then, you know, tennis is out and golf is out. And these different crews, and you got different, I mean, it's, yeah, you walk through the halls, it's like a ghost town around mm-hmm. here. And, um, you know, certainly, I Parents might disagree with me, but I don't think you'd find a teacher in this building that would would push back on this uh, school year should end uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I agree. I was, yeah. I mean, June 
June at this point, it's it's a diminished returns issue. You took the words right, right out of my my mouth. Yeah, diminished returns. There certainly. was a there was a point where the uh, the seat time requirements went up. Not to get into too many politics, but the seat time requirement went up in Michigan because politicians believed that the more kids were in school, the less they'd be committing crimes on the street, which is already kind of you know stereotypical of teenagers. But I don't think that our Forest Hills kids are probably going to be committing too many crimes out there. Maybe some Hopefully speeding not. and stuff, but. Um, but the point, having them in school for this last this last two weeks in June, they're they're, they're gone. They're here, well, but they're gone. And it's ninety outside, and it's gorgeous. Ninety four. And, and and again, yeah, not to get too much into politics, but here's my thoughts: If everybody in Michigan knew that summer started Memorial Day weekend and school started again after Labor Day, right now you would have people. Uh, that you know, lake life would be alive. Mm-hmm. You'd, uh, you know, small little bait shops would be selling out. Oh yeah, right? all the little like snack shacks and stuff snack by shacks lakes, and country be... corners, and all these places in these little towns that survive on the summer money would. Um, you know, and I know you'd get some pushback, and you know, you lose the summer loss and summer reading. But you know, hey, around our house, you read, you read in the morning or you read at night, and there's enrichment going on. And and so I don't know. I I think here in Michigan. We slog it out, and, and we look at our last episode, February 25th. February 15th. February 15th. I mean, I remember back to that time of the year? No. You're just trying. <laughs> I don't. Actually. You're just trying to survive, and, uh, you know, we just we live for this time of the year. I mean, my kids, uh, I'm guilty, 8.30 last night, finally called them in in our neighborhood. The kids are out having a squirt gun fight awesome. at 8.30, and it was gorgeous, and I felt bad, and they begged to stay out later, but it's it would be great to if, if – we were in our first week of summer. Yeah, well, I know that some districts are already done for the year. Right. And um, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it feels like um, the, the winds are, of change are out there. It's possible that we could start having earlier and earlier uh, dismissals for the year. That would take away some of the uh, the Fridays that kids have off and some of the you know, mid, midwinter breaks and stuff like that. Sign me up. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to uh, – there's a superintendent that has a place up, up by me in uh, Big Star, Big Star Lake in Baldwin. And I said, hey, uh, some of the districts are, are talking about ending school on the 31st of May. What do you think about that? And he said, well, I, I'm of two minds about that. I think if you ask people in November and December if they want to have those midwinter breaks or if they'd rather be out on May 31st, they'll say, give me these breaks now. But if you ask people this time of year about the calendar, everybody's ready for summer. They're all going to say, get us out of here before June. So I don't know, is it is it a mood thing or is it a time of year thing or do we just want to do what's best for the state and for the kids. I'm not I, sure. And I think, though, in February, in March, you still have there's there's a lot there. We're, we're working. The kids are engaged. I mean, <clears throat> if you could tour people around the school this time of the year, we're doing our us teachers are doing everything we can to keep kids going, oh, and yeah. engaged, and projects and. You know, I'm doing competitions in class, and we go right up to the end. So it's not like we're done teaching per se, but the but we're you hit graduation, which by the way was 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 great. It was at Calvin, and uh, the speakers, the student speakers, student speakers did a great um, job. Steve's speech was amazing as always. Yeah, he, Steve he really Passo nailed it. Does a speech where he weaves in um, a number. We're kind of going all over the place here. Uh, yeah, it's kind of what we're doing today. Weaves yeah. in. Um, the different uh, accomplishments, and he mentions probably what thirty to forty students mm-hmm. throughout his speech. And these are the students, and, it, and he, it's from 
odyssey of the mind to the uh, homecoming football game winning touchdown to the the kids that star in the uh, musicals he mentioned you know he mentions everybody and you kind of sit on the edge of your seat when he's given that speech and uh yeah, he did an incredible job. He did, and he always does. His speech is excellent because it really does touch. He, he tries to talk about what it means to be a ranger, and so he finds all those different examples, and he really does bore right down into it. He talks about this kid who's gifted at balancing equations. I get confused. I don't. He talked about somebody doing research on something that was way over my pay grade. <laughs> like He referenced some stuff that was academic, some stuff that was uh, artistic, some sports things. He it's does his homework. Whole, whole broad spectrum. Yeah, he really does his homework. And I, and I tell you, one of my favorite moments of the year, honestly, is when we walk into our post-graduation staff gathering, and then when Steve walks in and – you know, it's like okay, we're done. That that part of the year mm-hmm. is done. Those seniors are at their senior all night party, and uh, so that that all happens. And then we're like the next day when you come back to school and it's empty, and then we go two weeks to Memorial Day. Coming back is so difficult. So if you're out there and you're a mover and you're you're a shaker, we would we would love it, and I think kids would get the most out of it. Um, it's it. it, it when you try to squeeze, it's like getting blood from a stone at some point. You just, yeah. it, we're, we, we've gotten, it's, we call it cognitive overload in the mm-hmm. business, right? Where we've reached the capacity of what we can learn and what we can do in a, in a particular year. And uh, at home, I, I call it putting six gallons into a five gallon bucket. You can't do it. We're, we're, at, we're at six gallons right yeah. now. And uh, it would be great if we could just uh, exit stage left. So. Anyhow, at graduation, we recognized four retirees. We did, yeah. So we want to give them a shout-out. So um, this year we had um, Robin DeMeester is, uh, is retiring from the theater and English department. We had Tracy Will, yep. who's stepping off to new endeavors. She's going to do like some kind she of She has so much uh, energy. She does. She's got some business plans already that she's yeah. thinking about. So she'll be House she'll organization, be I'll be calling her. Some shoes one. in the math department to be yeah. filled for her. Big shoes. Tammy Dykehouse from yeah. the uh, foreign language department. She's yeah. going to be stepping she's away. She's had a long and very distinguished career here she's at Forestal been Central. And teaching she, Spanish for a long time. Yeah, and she coached, uh, she coached Palms. Uh, back when it was called Palms, uh, Palms of the dance team back in the day, and, and 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 did very well, and had a lot of trophies and a lot of accomplishments, and mm-hmm. coached a lot of kids. So she did, uh, yeah. Congrats to Tammy. And then our fourth retiree is one who he's always been a quiet, soft-spoken man, or at least he has around here, uh, keeps to himself. But he is beloved by kids. Anybody who's ever had him in class loves him. And that's Dave Von Air. He's gonna he's gonna leave a real. A uh, real empty space in the science department that they're going to have a hard time filling those shoes. Like they're they're all great teachers, but for some reason Dave feels like a legend. I don't know what it is about him. Yeah, but. well, it's it is a soft spoken manner, and um, I call him Doctor Von Air. You know, half joking because I mean he the man he really teaches to a high level and he sets a standard. When I got when I started teaching AP, he was the first guy that I went and chatted with as as far as like how to teach and. What, what do you expect from the kids and where do you, I mean, he set, he sets a standard uh, for excellence and, and those the really high level kids who have him, but by high level, I mean those kids that are really pushing it academically and have, you know, their sights set on, you know, working in that field in, in chemistry someday, they, they really seek him out and he becomes a beloved figure in their lives. And I know that when he was, uh, he's retiring and you know, he's on his last few days, the kids held a, uh, a surprise party for him. Did they? That's and, awesome. You know, surprised him and had a scrapbook. And uh, you know what? He's an accomplished apiarist. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. So he has an apiary? 
he has he has bees. He's a bee guy. He's a bee guy. You and know, I, I'm I've interested actually, in getting into that. I right? actually, well, funny you mentioned that uh, during COVID. That was one of my. I, I I was reading about it, and we have a little uh, slice of heaven out there in Whitneyville, and I almost got into the bees. And so again, who do I go to? I went to Dr. Von Ayer's house. He had me over. I was over there for like the day. Nice. And we toured, and yeah. And, so you got a fairly large like group of bees, or yeah, just he's a few got boxes. A lot of bees. Or? He's got some bees, man. And he gave, and I left with a big jar of Michigan Dave Von Ayer honey. And it, I mean, he's full of surprises. Did you also know he was the rushing? record leader at Northview High School for many, many years. He might even still hold the rushing record there. And I think for a time, he was the rushing uh, in football in the state of Michigan. I think he held the record. I only knew that because either you or Lang Davis has mentioned that to me before, and it blew my mind when I found that yeah. out. I did not even know that Dave played football. Well, for years, he he was on the uh, I knew he game. was an athlete. He was He's always been like a runner and, and stuff like that, so it's not really surprising Isn't that, that incredible? he's speedy. But... I mean, he's kind of just, a, you know, he's a mild-mannered guy that walks the halls, and he's got such a diverse he, uh, background. So uh, congrats to Dr. Von Ayer. Jack of all trades, master of one, but or master of master none, of but many. still better than a master of none. Yeah, so um, John, how'd the yearbook? Go to go this year. How was your year? First of all, what was the theme this year? And by the way, huge fan. This is probably my favorite yearbook you've ever done. Thank you. Or that has been done during my tenure. So, well, our yearbook this year the the theme was throwback. It was you know looking Love back it. at the past, and so we had some throwback uh, themes and motifs scattered throughout it. And the cover of the book, the reason I think you like it so much, is Daily Tucker came up with the idea to make it look like a, a varsity jacket from Central. And we actually had a varsity letter, and I took a high-res picture of it and sent it in. And they texturized and put the actual varsity letter on the yearbook. I think we need to make that our symbol for this podcast. I mean, that, that, that varsity letter and the jacket. Is it is just, pretty cool. It is so cool. And you know how I feel about varsity jackets. And I, I know how you feel about varsity jackets. I really think they should come back. I really like varsity yeah, jackets. I would love to see every kid at a football game or at a basketball game wearing their FHC varsity jackets. I, have, I think that'd be amazing. I have tried everything, and I hopefully nobody on the MHSA is listening, but we have tried everything to get kids into varsity jackets short of, like, donating them. Like, hey, put this on, wear this, uh, and... You know, so walk around and and people, this will catch on again. Hey, maybe this is a crazy idea, but, you know, it would be really cool if we could get, you know, we do Rangers of Honor for our right. assemblies every sure. year. Maybe we could get a local donor to literally buy varsity jackets for those Rangers of Honor. And part of, like, being chosen as that hallway hero, that person who embodies the spirit this of FHC. This is an on-air epiphany. This is just coming to me. Yeah, we could, we could have them get a right. varsity jacket. I know you and I can't afford to pocket that or, you know, to, well, to foot the bill the for that every time. They but. usually cost about 300 bucks, which mm -hmm. I always thought, that's a lot for a coat. So then I started doing some searching on, on, online. There's options for $100. There's a $100 option, which looks very comparable. You can have it sewn locally. There's embroidery shops all mm -hmm. over. Oh, yeah. I think it gets – there must be some – there's something – some wires are crossing here. Hundred bucks, people. I don't think people would blink. If you, but three hundred, you go, man. That's a plane ticket to, you know, Orlando for spring break. I mean, we can't spend that. But hundred bucks for a varsity jacket. A varsity jacket that you could wear all winter long to every every school day and stuff, though. You know, I know. 
I don't know. I think I still have my varsity jacket. Every once in a while, my friends and I will bust them out for Halloween. We'll go for Halloween. We'll go as our ourselves from high school. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I let's okay. We're we're gonna work on that. Pit, put a pin in that. Rangers of Honor varsity jacket award. I think that is a fantastic idea, and we can make that happen. Um, John, so shifting gears a little bit, and again, we're all over the place. You and I played in the first ever Ada Cascade vintage baseball game. Thoughts on the baseball game, and then I'll I'll give you my humble assessment. Um, I thought it was it was awesome, Brad. So I was looking forward to it the whole time. You told me about it, how some of the rules were going to be different. We're going to be wearing old timey uniforms and different different equipment, like the glove that we had um, was different. Not everybody wore a glove, but it was kind of a cool experience. We got there, got to the field, and um, there were already quite a few people gathered around the field at Ada Park. When I got there, about an hour before the game, there were like maybe 100 to 200 people just chilling on the, on the, uh, the first baseline and the third baseline. Right. And by the time we got to the game, there were upwards of 600 people watching us. I was When we took batting practice, I missed every ball. <laughs> Because oh. I, I was nervous. I, so very few times in your adult life. So, you know, when you're in high school, maybe you play on the football team in the playoffs or, you know, for me, wrestling in the state finals or, you know, you're on the ice for the – whatever. You're, 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 in the, you're in the limelight. But that's kind of part of being a high school athlete, maybe a college athlete. But then that goes away. When you run a 5K, the only people that are there to cheer you on are your kids and, you know, your spouse or whatever. If you do you – know, beer league softball, you got a few – fans kind of sparsely and they're there mainly to chit chat there were 600 spectators there watching you take at bat and i got up to i got up to the plate and my heart was pounding first of all because i'm a terrible baseball player uh but second of all i didn't want to strike out i didn't want to be nobody struck out luckily no and um but yeah there were 600 people there estimated and they were there to watch it an old time baseball game. If you weren't there, this was something that uh, I've been talking about for a while. And we put together with uh, Wesley Deason at the Ada parks department, who is a fantastic addition to the Ada community. Uh, Kristen wilds at the uh, Ada history center, Sandy Sefton, Tom Mulligan. Um, we've been organizing this and talking about this for a while. And uh, like you said, we, we put, we put uniforms on the Ada players and the Cascade players. We had Foxy Irwin gloves, lemon peel balls. It was 1880s, 1870s style, kind of a hybrid. We called it turn of the century. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a game. What it, a game. Oh, it ended up being quite a game. Like, it came down to the last uh, few at-bats there. Yeah. It I actually mean, literally came down to the last at-bat. It did. Because I think we went into the final, the bottom of the, was it the ninth inning, right? Yep. And you guys were up by one run, I think. Up by one run. And you guys had gone up at the top of the ninth inning. Yes. Because we had been leading. 14, and then 12. you went up on us. We were down one. We had a runner on second, I yes. want to say. And then Trevor Riley stepped to the plate, and he crushed one. And it went all the way back to the back to, to the rocks. Yes. And somebody caught it. I believe it was Eric Gruber. Was it Gruber I that, think it was that got Gruber. that last catch? Yes, got the last catch. And very fitting because, uh, shout out to Eric Gruber, he had perhaps the best play of the game where, and I don't know who, it was during the seventh inning, I, I believe I was getting interviewed by, I'm so mad that I wasn't behind the plate, but I'm glad Keith Van Straight was behind the plate. Somebody hit it, same spot, out there to left field, mm-hmm. and Gruber caught it on like the second bounce. So the first bounce, if you catch it, it's out. But Gruber got it on the second bounce, and there was a runner heading home. 
he gunned it Bo Jackson style to home plate where Keith caught it and tagged the runner and out. tagged the runner out. I don't remember who the runner was. Do you? I don't remember. I don't remember either. But that was incredible. I stood right there and watched the whole play unfold, and it was, it was a feat of athleticism that the crowd. I think the crowd came there going like, "Ah, oh, it's a bunch of old timers going to make fools of themselves." And then, well, that's kind of what I thought, Brad. Well, <laughs> I thought it was going to be kind of a I thought it was going to be like silly kind of a yeah, you know, like kind of this this bloopers reel. But it actually ended up being a heck of a game. People batted. There was there was heartwarming moments. You know, uh, you know, Brandon Greer did. Yep. I don't know if you. So, I got a little heat for it because there's no bunting in the rules. Yeah, it was a it was a slap. It wasn't a bunt. Yeah, was... I, t- I got up there and I go, I don't care what you do. I said, just put it in play. Put it right. And I don't know if you saw me point. I go, put it right there. I saw you pull him to the side, and I thought, oh, and we got to talk about uh, the the pitcher and and the batting and whatnot in a yeah. moment. But yeah, yeah, I saw you got you having a conference, and I said to your dad, who was pitching for yeah. my team. I said, Dan, I think he's going to have him go through the center, which means he's going to hit it right exactly at the pitcher. That's exactly what I told him, yeah. And Dan's not – he's a super fit guy, great guy. 72, yeah. N- not the most mobile at tracking down no. a ball. Right. And if you hit it away from the catcher, it's hard for me to get to it too. And so it was kind of, he kind of like slapped it I out there into no man's land. And he did. And it, and it went right into this perfect little dead zone. Yep. Between like – Third base – pitcher catcher none of us were like there yeah right and he made it it was it was a heartwarming moment you know that was awesome he made it on base but yeah the best kind of funny moment was the funniest moment i thought of the entire game well it started with your dad at bat foul tipped a ball yep you're the catcher he foul tips it right into your hands you catch it he's out i felt by the way if he's listening i felt terrible because all he wanted to do is get on base and and get a base hit and I started yelling patricide, patricide. (laughs) So the game was on the line. It was the eighth inning. Anybody on base, like I, we couldn't afford it. And I know he would have done it to me. Oh, for sure. He for sure would have caught it. I caught, I don't know if you know this, but I I caught three foul tips that inning. Nice. That was, that was one, two, three outs were three foul tips. Did it all yourself, man. One, two, three. Uh, But I, but the first one I caught his and I literally almost dropped it on purpose and then I didn't. Dan would not have forgiven you for that, though. So then, so then the next inning, yep. I'm up at bat. Dan, Dan gave uh, a glare to Brad, and Brad had this uh, aw shucks, chagrin look on his face, like I'm sorry, I had to. And so next, uh, next at bat for Brad, he steps up to the plate. Big Dan's, uh, he's the hurler, yep. right? He's pitching, and he threw right at Brad. Right at me. <laughs> he threw right, right directly at, at him, me. Man. Then he winked at me, and yep. then everybody got a good laugh, and then I knew I was going to be okay. Yeah. I knew I knew he had got me back. It was it was it made for a great little moment. That was the funniest moment, but I think the best moment was probably the 7th inning stretch when all oh 600 gosh. people stood up. We all we all stood up and we sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game together and all the fans stood up and there were just like seven six or seven hundred people standing in the middle of a park on a day watching vintage singing, baseball singing take me out to the ball game right greg wilds let let us yep yeah. that was that for me is a very very heartwarming moment you so. know we love our americana moments and that is John definitely I, a little piece of americana, americana. so speaking of americana we could talk all day josh mcconkey hit a home run um trevor riley who is standing you know butt feet away from us yeah, he's, he's about 15 feet away from us right now and uh trevor riley hit a home run and i gotta apologize because the bugle comes out today 
So keep an eye out for the Ada Cascade May edition bugle. I said Trenton Riley. I accidentally wrote Trenton Riley. Which so is his I, brother. I, which is his brother. So I'll have a correction in the next bugle edition. So keep an eye out for the bugle. We have a lot of great stuff. For the record, though, Trenton Riley was a hero in that game. It wasn't necessarily for his athletic prowess. Hero. Yes, but, he deserves some kudos. Yeah, he was the first base coach. And we didn't think about this at the time, but people no. people sat right behind right first base. So yes. if you have someone throw the ball to first, they're going to hurl it hard. It's going to come they're in on a rope. It. Yeah, And there was... There was an older lady sitting back there in a lawn chair, and there were several people right there that were going to take that ball right in the chest or the face. Yeah. And so as the first base coach, there were several times that Trenton threw himself in yes. front of the ball. He took one in the chest. He yep. took one in the groin. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he gave up he his body to protect people. So shout out to Trenton. Next year well, we got to have a little zone right there where nobody yeah, sits we've gotta, just for we've safety. Yeah, we've got to rope that off. And this was our first time, so we are playing. You know, you, you might be at your cottage, but uh, – Maybe you can make the trip back. August 19th, we've been challenged by the Chelsea Monitors, which is a team that's been around for a dozen or so years. And they are coming up to Ada Park. We just finalized the details. And we're going to play what is called a Gatlin gun game, where one, you know, two teams are on the field, one team is off to the side, and then you rotate in. Anyhow, August 19th. So come check that out. It's at the end of the summer. If you enjoyed the vintage baseball game, in May, come check us out in August. And in the meantime, in Ada, there's a lot of fun things going on. June 16th, not John, I know you go to your cottage most uh, weekends as well you should, but uh, if you're sticking around town and you don't, you know, you're not heading north or to a cool body of water, um, there's plenty of things to do in Ada this summer. Uh, beers at the Bridge being one of them. There's uh, June 16th is the first Beers at the Bridge, and that kicks off kind of a summer series of really fun events. It's at a different location this summer. It's down at the uh, Legacy Park right behind the um, – there's the pavilion there near the uh, Ada General Store. And they've got a variety of bands. And then on Wednesdays, they're doing a music on the lawn, which is really fun. Every Wednesday? I It might be every other. Um, I'll double-check, but uh, I think Wednesdays are music on the lawn through the summer. And what is really neat is they do the social district now. Yes. Which is Wednesday through Saturday, I believe. Yeah, so we've got the the outdoor music right there um, next to the playground, next to the Ada General Store right. um, in the amphitheater there. And then you can easily go to one of the many beverage distribution centers there, like Luna or Gravel Bottom or whatnot. And you can go ahead and bring your drink over there and enjoy the show and have an adult beverage with some friends. I've done that once. And it was a delight. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So There's just a lot to do right now. And that adds to the ambiance. I mean, more and more people are within walkable distance of the downtown area. And you can go and enjoy. So go check out the Beers at the Bridge, which is at Legacy Park. There's con uh, ongoing construction and different things going on. Um, how about kind of the changing of the landscape there in Ada? Um, man, it's it's just moving at a... True. Quite a pace. Yeah, Ada's always uh, changing. I mean, we're, we're constantly growing and shifting there. They had a massive rebuild, obviously, several years ago when the old gravel bottom moved, and they, they raised the entire level of Ada up about, like, six to eight feet. Remember all that craziness? Yeah. But now they've got, right across from Leonard Park, which is the small baseball field that's right by the Ada Bridge, they have cleared that whole area of trees right along the river there. And I'm wondering... If you have any idea what's going in there, is it going to be condos? Yeah, it's going to be like mixed, I believe, mixed housing. I think condos, maybe kind of those those duo homes or duplex homes. I don't want to call them that, but uh, there's there's housing. It's People are moving in, and I think they're going to have to do the same thing. They are going to have to bring in a lot of dirt. Uh, I'm sure they – I mean, the thing is, 
our 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 downtown Ada area is in good hands. I mean, they've got True. the best of the best working on the engineering and all the uh, uh, topography and the different changes in soil. And I think I think it'll whatever they build. I know that some people are like, "Geez, they took down all these woods," but what has been built in Ada that isn't top? True. Shelf? I mean, they're like, they're doing it for class. the benefit of everyone, right? Right. It makes sense. When we talked about, um, I think last year when we had. Grace Lesbron's come on. We talked about saving green areas because once a green area is gone, it's gone for good, right? There's nothing right. you can do to reclaim that. But sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a choice that has to be made. Do we expand and and uh, make room for all the new people that are moving into Ada or do we not? I mean, we, we want to keep that balance. We want to make sure that we have, you know, the greenery, the nature, all that kind of good stuff. we got the river and, and um, all these really alluring natural sites. But we also need to accommodate the influx of population because that's just Ada is booming. Yeah, I, it really is. I drove past Frosty Boy last night. Which I love Frosty Boy. Our show at Frosty Boy. We'll have to do another one. Like there, making there are unofficial thing. sponsor. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, but last, um, I drove past and I saw my kids are always begging every time we go by to to go to Frosty Boy. And I we try to go there about every other week, and there was a ton of younger families. And I'm like, oh, wow. But then I thought about it. Like, my kids are now getting older. You're, you're, you know, Julie oh, yeah. is getting older. Julie and her friends have their and own it, money. They're always ready to go walk down there. There's there's young families with, with the toddlers and the little kids. And they're all, I mean, the place was packed. And I thought, that's what that's what you want to see. You want to see a regeneration. Mm-hmm. And what's going to attract those families is, is uh, you know, affordable housing here in the area, which, uh, you know, it, it gets pretty dicey that sometimes. You know, it's, it's two teachers who live in district we know well. Uh, you know how how it can be, but uh, certainly more housing is is, is not going to hurt us. And we're going to bring in, and you want to bring in good families and people that uh, you know are going to really value the uh, the great um, extras that this community has to offer. I agree. Now you said that we are in the best hands. There are experts that are laying all this out, and I do have one uh, one addendum that I think they should add. Maybe this is just my old man, my curmudgeon coming out, but I think Brad, I think we need more crosswalks that are actually like warning lighted crosswalks. I'm thinking specifically going back to Leonard Park and where all those houses are, yes. or condos are going to go. There's there's a crosswalk there, and I constantly see people waiting to cross, kids, little kids and on not, bikes and them, stuff. And the traffic does not stop. People flying by, and so sometimes, oftentimes, if I see a person, I will stop, and I hear people locking them up behind me because they didn't expect anybody to stop. Well, for, yeah, I do the same. I'm like, I, there's two three-year-olds on tricycles. I got to supposed right you're, By law, at those crosswalks, you are supposed to stop. Well, here, here's another thing that I... Okay, if we're getting into the what-ifs or, or, or potentials, this I'm... This is like I am old a, man moment brought to you by John. I've caused yeah, a, right. a digression. I, I am a huge fan of traffic circles, and I know that some no, people don't too. like them, and they just don't get them. And my, I admit, the first time through a traffic circle... I was in Scotland. I was driving. It didn't, didn't help that I was on the other side of the road dri- driving a manual vehicle. Uh, I didn't quite understand them. And then, then you come to love them because traffic really, ne- really never stops. You yield and you kind of move. move it, it creates a flow of traffic. It's safe. I don't know. I, I think that would be a neat, neat addition to, uh, to the area, but I don't know. Where you know what, Brad? I have one more thing that's only barely related. Right, lay it on me. That is traffic related, though, and this is another old man moment. You know, so they redesigned that intersection 96 and Cascade Correct. several years back. Yes. And uh, when you're getting off of 96, you're going eastbound on 96 towards Lansing. You get off right there on the Cascade exit. Right. There's two lanes, and they're, they're both turning left. Correct. Did you know that on a red light, since you're turning onto a one-way street, you can go? It's, a, it's a, basically a stop sign right there. You stop. If there's an opening, then you can turn left Got without it. waiting for the entire red light. 
I mean, that's that's the law right there. And I sometimes I'm the one that goes, and people are staring at me like I'm a maniac. Or sometimes it several is people the law, go because you can do that on a Michigan turn as well. Yeah. You can take a left on as a long as you're turning red. with the same traffic. You're not crossing any other traffic to right. go another direction. Then you're allowed to do that. And right, it, it well, pains me a little bit when I get stuck behind people. I'm not the type to lay on my horn God, or anything. Man, you're but you're getting old. You're, you're, I am, Brad. <laughs> this is so, my curmudgeonness coming out. Kind of taking a hard left turn, to use the phrase. Probably uh, a good idea. We're going to talk a little bit about spring sports because John and I, our time is dwindling. So lacrosse wins their 11th in a row regional title. You know those guys are pretty fashion. good. They're really good, and they beat um, Forest Hills Eastern, which, um, you know, obviously no small feat if you're playing other Forest Hills teams in lacrosse. We have strong programs, but uh, we, we took them. I think it was 11 to 3 or 11 to 2. And moving on, we take on Howell at Hazlitt for the, uh, in the state quarterfinals. And by all accounts, we're on a collision course to, to meet East Grand Rapids in the state finals. That's is what it sounds like. So that'll be pretty epic. That would be, that would be fantastic and a chance to go over and watch our boys uh, take it to uh, EGR and then visit Yesterdog afterwards mm. in, uh, in championship style. Uh, baseball takes on Lowell this weekend, and that is the first round of districts. If they win, they'll take on either Caledonia or East Kentwood. So things are heating up for the baseball program. Check it out. They've got a set, they've got a, um, uh, a section in the upcoming Bugle, which should hit your doorsteps today. Um, Excellent. You should be uh, getting your Bugle. We have 5,500 copies going out. We upped it by 500. So we actually included uh, Watermark. We'll be getting their first issues through the mail now. So we're adding areas. So check that out. I know that I constantly have people that I'm not expecting come up to me and ask me about the Bugle. They'll be like, hey, I saw that you wrote a little uh, article about restaurants and the Bugle. That was really cool. I read that. I'm like, oh, it's, it's clearly my, getting out there. People are reading it. My mom so. religiously reads John's Gems, and yesterday that's she flips right to that to see your recommendations, and she she went like, hmm, we need to go to wherever. John said, so you're nice. I'm like reading, the Dear Abby people, of restaurants. People this are is reading amazing. your, your, your <laughs> restaurant uh, reviews. Uh, so anyways, baseball's uh, coming up against uh, Lowell on Saturday. Big win last night for RGSO, Rangers soccer. Haley Ward scores a game-winning goal with four minutes left um, in, in, the, in the game wow. to put us up 1-0 over Northern. That's awesome. And I won't go into why that is even more awesome because some people that are on the Northern team live in our backyard. True, true right? story. And so it kind of makes it a little bit sweeter. And uh, anyhow, we're very proud of our Ranger program. Here. Absolutely. RGSO Ranger is soccer. amazing. We love it. Yes, defending state champions. And they're putting it together right at the right time. So It's a, it's a great program. There's great coaches. Ad, Coach Ashley Lucky is, is amazing. Phenomenal. You've got uh, Claire Carlson. Um, you've got Lovell in there. Uh, Belcito, Miss mm-hmm. Belcito, our new science teacher in the building. She played at Central Michigan Fire Up Chips. Fire Up Chips. She is on staff as well. So, you know, top shelf coaching staff. The girls always uh, – represent our program so well and then selfishly i got to talk about rugby john oh there's uh, nothing wrong with that brad rugby made it to the division two finals uh this year we beat uh, brighton and rockford second side uh rugby is a little bit different you can put in if you have um a large program like rockford does they have 60 kids you can enter a second side into the tournament which they did so we ended up beating uh, Brighton in the round one, Rockford's second side in round two in the semifinals. We took on Howell in the finals, and we, um, man, we had we had our chances. Uh, we it was ten to ten going into the second half, so it's tied in the second half. We almost scored as time ran out in the first half. We would have been up fifteen to ten, 
uh, but alas, it wasn't enough. We ended up finishing uh, 20 to 10 in the finals. And uh, what warmed my heart is after the game, we're coming back, we're on the coach bus and everybody's heartbroken. They're crying. I mean, selfishly, I want to tell you, we went 0 and 6 last year. I did not talk much rugby results on this is Ranger. It, it was country. a growth year. It, it was right? a, it's, year it's a building year. Well, what, you know, and, and people go, what changed? Well, we were a year older. We had more confidence. We're figuring out the game. We were on a three three year plan. We brought in some coaches that added strategy. Tommy Hendricks came back uh, in in May. He started helping out some of our guys. We have a great coach, Chris Paulquette, uh, Jared Ross, Ken Smith, Gareth Tanner, and we had just you know a lot of coaches giving love and and, and learning up the game. Um, and so we turned around an 0 and six season, made it to the division, division two finals. Finished with uh, four wins this year, four more wins than we had last year. Nice. So, and you only play five regular season games. So, big, big win. Uh, I am going to announce our all state guys that got named to the all state team. Nobody has heard these yet. Uh, Evan Lubin, nice to the all state team. Um, uh, Alex Korf, cool, and Luke Petrowski were named all state. All right. So, Way very, go, very proud of them. And all conference, uh, uh, Andrew Weiskopf, Colton Sawyer, who's a freshman over at Forest Hills Northern, and, and uh, Eric Hansen are all-conference. So Excellent. Congrats to those guys, and uh, we look forward to our Rugby Sevens season in the summertime. Um, you so, know, I heard a rumor that uh, there may be, like, a bunch of old guys getting together to play a rugby game at some point, and I put that one on my calendar just to... John? Yeah. <laughs> June, 20, June 26th. June 26th. Monday, June 26th. Uh, we don't want any spectators at that one. No, but uh, that that's going to be about twenty guys getting together. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach about three or four rules, and we're gonna play sevens rugby because we live the strenuous life. That's right? true. That's right. So we're gonna have fun, and uh, can't wait. I can't wait. I, I get up in the morning to run just to make sure I'm a part of uh, things like that. So it sounds like it's gonna be a really good time. It should be a great time. Um, shifting gears a little bit, we want to congratulate our superintendent Dan Beam on his reti- upcoming retirement. Sounds mm-hmm. like. Word came out the other day, and forgive me if this is not common knowledge, but it will be after this, June 30th. I think he's uh, announced, hey, that's... I'm, that's the I'm, last day? I'm, I'm the last day. I know they're having a uh, kind of a almost a retirement party for him on June 5th somewhere, like a little luncheon that, that people can go yeah, to. Yeah, the, adv- the advertisement is in the Bugle, so that'll come okay. out. And um, you can obviously go and, and, and say goodbye and, and wish him well in whatever his future adventures are. I know that he has children in the district to mm-hmm. attend... Uh, schools, one, you know, right here in the district. So, you know, Dan and I were hired the same, I don't know about the exact same day, but we were hired the same week back in 2006. So we were in the, we were at the, I mean, the, the buzz, the buzz was not about the, the incoming, uh, history slash tools for success slash PE teacher. No, the buzz, yeah, no, no, it was not. The buzz was about Dan Beam coming in, our new superintendent, because the previous superintendent, uh, Dr. Washburn, had served for many, many years. And so the next superintendent uh, they wanted as a community member, as somebody mm-hmm. who was going to serve for, for many years and serve he did. And Dan served through some pretty challenging times. Oh, my goodness, yes. And uh, politically, uh, sc- like like there were some issues that took place. There were some, there were some rivalries between schools. There was a lot of... There's a lot of heat coming Dan's way on several different occasions. So, yeah, he navigated some some pretty interesting waters, and we won't get into all the ins and outs. But you know, it took a steady hand to to do what he did, and th- these times are not easy. And I'm not denigrating anything prior, but you know, 80s 80s and 90s, 
pretty, you know, I call it the lawless 90s, right? It was, there was a lot uh, to be thankful for. No Child Left Behind comes around, puts uh, schools and school districts right under the microscope. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot more standardized testing. Uh, Financing is different. Um, You know, you have school of choice. A lot, a lot came about. Those were game changers. a, A lot came about in the early 2000s. And if you moved into the superintendent position at that point, um, you had a lot on your plate. So Dan, we appreciate you and we appreciate uh, that your, your time and your service and over 15 years here in, in Forest Hills Central and, and, and uh, leading us. So it's quite a chunk well. of a career. I yeah. mean, that's half of some people's uh, educational careers right there. Absolutely. It is. So um, I will say that we're going to make it a personal goal to try to get whoever our next superintendent is on to the This Is Ranger Country podcast. Yeah, get him I, in one of the and, chairs and right and in this room. I do feel bad because Dan and I chatted back in January about getting him on to this podcast. And it just, you know, you know how things go. Superintendents uh, are a little busy. Yeah, a little, little, little busy, yes. And so, you know, maybe we can get him on afterwards. Maybe. And do an Ada Garage Bar and just kind of get the afterthoughts. We could do a Dan maybe, Beam Tell All. Is that? Yeah, yeah right. Right. That would be great. So uh, congrats to Dan on retirement. Uh, we do have a Hall of Fame induction ceremony that uh, has the date has changed on that. And we hadn't come out with any announcements uh, up until now. It's been me and Ken George kind of <laughs> running the running the program. Um, and now uh, new board members include Tony Quinn, uh, uh, who's Crandall Quinn's dad, mm-hmm. former coach here at FHC. He's also, or excuse me, former head coach. He's the assistant coach now of FHC lacrosse. And he, he's a towering figure in my book. I mean, he's the guy that put FHC lacrosse on the map. Um, Tony Quinn is, uh, you know, just an outstanding human being. So he's a part of it. Uh, Ashley Ludke agreed to join. And then Tom Walters, Tom Walters was kind of like the godfather here yes. in, uh, in Forest Hills Public Schools. And then Tony Saltini has joined it kind of as a, as a, as a standing member. I'm pretty so. sure Tom Walters was in on uh, the, the panel that hired me. Really? Like, I'm pretty sure he probably doesn't remember that, but when I got hired back into this district back in 2010, they brought me in after its school had already started. They needed an English teacher in, that, in a position. Yeah. And I think it was Steve Harvey, Tom White, Tom Walters, all these, all these um, principals and um, administrators from all over the district. And it was just a bunch of them and one teacher asking oh, me man, questions. That's not I'm intimidating like, at is, all. This is very intimidating. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So Tom Walters is on that. And then Tony Saltini. And we've, we've been um, organizing this. It's going to be Thursday, October 5th uh, during homecoming week. So we're, we're expanding homecoming week. Um, we are the largest, biggest, best homecoming in the state of Michigan. And now we're adding the Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Thursday. We're going to recognize those folks on the Friday. And you've got Anthony Bowie. You've got Art Romance. Uh, you've got Marty Corby. Um, and I know I'm missing somebody right now. Oh, Andy Matthews, a golfer from the 1990s. And then we have a few teams coming in. So that'll be a lot of fun to recognize them during homecoming week. So, John. Yes, sir. Here we are at the end of our uh, first and last of the spring editions. Um, any Ranger recommendations um, that, that you can give us as we head off into the, the sunset, so to speak? And by, Oh, by the way, before we get to that, we have our Ranger Rowdy Golf Outing. That is true. Our, our Rowdy Ranger Golf Outing. Our Rowdy Ranger Golf Outing is coming up. That, that location is never disclosed to the nope. public because that is a time for the staff to disappear and and let off some steam we have upwards of 37 of the building staff members signed up this year which is over half i gotta thank you for doing that because i look i look forward to it i am a terrible golfer um you know i think i shot in the low 50s the other day on on nine holes and that was with 
drops and toe irons and kick-ins and all that. So well, that's the beauty I, of a scramble. That's why we do a best I ball love, scramble. I, I love the best ball scramble. So I really appreciate you putting it together and, and organizing that. And I look forward to it. It's, it, it's the end of my year. It's the closure. I, I put in my final grade. I get in the car. I head out to the golf course and uh, enjoy time, time with my comrades. One other retirement that I, I do want to mention, David Lyons over at um, Thornapple Elementary School. Okay. is retiring. He is the print longtime principal there, did an outstanding job. You know, obviously every community here, be it Pine Ridge or Ada or Thornapple is, is, is so enriching. And uh, David has done a fantastic job over at Thornapple. So congratulations on your retirement. All right. Now, Ranger recommendations. What do you got for me? Ooh, Ranger recommendations. So uh, you'd have to read my article in the Bugle to see what my like big recommendations are for this time of year. But I will just say Outdoor dining experiences in the Forest Hills Ranger area. If you can find a place with a patio, there's so many good ones. You know, you've got Luna, you've got Gravel Bottom, you've got the Garage Bar, uh, JT's Pizza, all those different types of places. This is the time of year, although maybe not today when it's 94 degrees. But You mentioned Schmoes as well. Schmoes is great. My dad said we need to go to Schmoes. uh, Schmoes is excellent because it's not really a patio so much as a side yard that you go out. There's cornhole boards out there. The kids can have root beer floats. There's no food at Schmoes, but they do a mean root beer float for the kiddies. And uh, it's just a very cool, casual atmosphere. So get out there and enjoy some outdoor dining, whether it's Cascade Roadhouse or NOCO Provisions, wherever you go. Just enjoy it and enjoy the weather because this is Michigan, and we have earned this weather by surviving through yeah, another it's, brutal it's winter. it's highway robbery that we're here on a day like today. It's, ni- it's currently 90 degrees outside, and uh, we can't get to a, a cool body of water fast enough. So Signing off for the year, this is uh, the end of our, our third season. What we're going to endeavor to do next season is when school kicks off, we'll try to put one of these out every couple of weeks mm-hmm. and do it routinely. I think we're very ambitious at, at the outset. I think we were doing one almost every week, and uh, things have not gotten slower for either of us. No, we just keep on taking more and more things on. You know, on that's who plates. we are. Yes, so. it is now the summer sports season. We've got strength and conditioning. Sign your kids up for Rangers Strength. Uh, if you're a high school, if you're in the elementary, fifth, sixth, or middle school, we've got great Ranger sports camps. We also have FHC wrestling camp. Go to fhcmatclub.com if you want to try wrestling. Julie will be there for that. Julie will be there for that. That's amazing. So check out sports camps. And we hope to see you around this summer. If you see John or I at any local establishment, please, we, we love to hear from people. And uh, one of the biggest things that uh, keeps us going is when we hear, hey, when's your next episode? And when we get that from enough, enough enough people, I text John and said, John, we've got to do an episode. And it's nice to know that we do have some listeners. Um, so signing off for the year, I'm going to wish all of you well. Do three things for me. Use good judgment. If you have to stop and think whether it's right or wrong, it's probably wrong. And nothing good happens after midnight. Have a great summer, Rangers. Yep. And you know, for me, as always, I want you to go out there and assume positive intentions and be the change that you want to see in the world. Take care. Have a great summer. Enjoy Michigan and the outdoors and the waters. We love you. We'll hear from you soon.